What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing absolutely well. It is the middle of the week, and so there can be a bit of a hangover. And, well, I'll remind you about what's going down tonight later, but... I'm glad that we're hanging out together. So thank you for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. Be that on the socials at the faction show, or if you're subscribed to this podcast, thank you so much. If you're one of those amazing people who has done both, thank you so much. There, at, there ought to be a jewel added to your heavenly crown just because of that. If you've not done both, don't hang out on the fringes. Go ahead, hit the follow button on the socials for the faction action show and subscribe to this podcast i guarantee you will love what you are experiencing now then let's get to the wrestling news because that's why you're here we get the pleasantries out of the way and we dig into the news first of all let's talk about monday night raw from this past monday the ratings are interesting. This week drew in 1.582 million viewers, which is down close to 300,000 viewers from last week. Let's kind of put it in perspective. It was number seven, eight, and 11 on cable for the day behind Monday Night Football, Sports Center, and two Major League Baseball playoff games. Let's also put this into perspective. Monday Night Football, which had the Colts versus the Ravens, drew 11.3 million viewers on ESPN. The NL Division game, the, the, the National League Division Series game on TBS drew 3.5 million viewers, and then the American League game on FS1 drew 3.2 million viewers, or almost 3.3 million viewers. Why am I talking about all that? Because I think what happens in the world of pro wrestling is so much is based on ratings, or better yet, so much of how fans and quote-unquote insiders try to react are based on ratings. And so people would want to go crazy and go, oh my God, Raw lost 300,000 viewers. However, Raw was competing against Monday Night Football in a great game with the Ravens and the Colts. That's a big series there. That's a big rivalry there, plus two playoff games for Major League Baseball. So they fought against a lot of things at the same time. That's not saying that Raw isn't compelling. It is saying that there's obviously a cross-section of fans who tune into Raw that are also fans of Monday Night Football or fans of Major League Baseball. Gotta f You got to be okay with that, right? It's not, there are very few folks who are fans of wrestling that aren't fans of other sports and if you're looking at a playoff situation versus a situation on Monday Night Raw where there's not a title match up for grabs there's not a whole lot that's going to move the needle then sure you would tune to something else and when we look at this episode of Raw there wasn't much that moved the needle this was not a draft day there were no championships on the line we did get an we did get a clearer picture of who will be moving forward in the King of the Ring tournament and the Queen's Crown tournament. And no real major surprises there, with the exception of, and I do say exception, of Jinder Mahal defeating Kofi Kingston. I really thought we were going to get a New Day battle in the semifinals of 
the King of the Ring tournament. Instead, we'll have Jinder Mahal, who gets a big win over Kofi Kingston, taking on Xavier Woods in the semifinal match on the Raw side, and the winner of that will go to the finals of King of the Ring. It just seems to make sense that Xavier Woods would make the finals and hopefully become the King of the Ring. What another great accolade it would be for the New Day. The Queen's Crown Tournament. Eh. I, you know, so yesterday, yesterday we talked about women's wrestling and we talked about what Impact Wrestling did over the weekend. We talked about what does effective women's wrestling look like and how do you measure its success in this environment, right? Does it require still its own pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera? I think one of the reasons why we even had a women's evolution or revolution was because the match quality and the match length on shows like Raw and SmackDown had diminished and had gone down. And we certainly saw that happen, certainly in the Queens tournament. Now, with that said, I don't know if it was because they were going to give more time to the massive match that happened between Bianca Bianca and as Bianca and Sasha teamed up against Becky and Charlotte. That's a main event match for sure. Huge match that we knew would be fully chaotic, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. But does that mean you diminish what's happening on the women's side as the matches that happened that saw both Dewdrop and Shayna Baszler walk out as winners, they weren't even three match they weren't even three minutes long. Now, with that said, let me also say this. If you want these tournaments to mean something, you need to put people in there that number one matter to us and number two we think would actually have a decent opportunity of winning. It seemed very predictable what would happen on the women's side on Raw. On SmackDown, some things just seemed absolutely hokey, right? Like, why in the world is Carmella beating Liv Morgan when Liv Morgan has been on such a roll and such a run? And then why on God's green earth is Tony Storm, former NXT Women's Champion, former NXT UK Women's Champion, a a former winner of the Mae Young Classic, why is she losing in the first round to Zelina Vega, who barely has a win on SmackDown? So it's hard to make some of this believable. And that's what's problematic about WWE's commitment to the women's movement. It can't be that in five years, you've only created two stars. That doesn't sound right to me. Something is very wrong. And so part of me really wonders what WWE's real commitment to women's wrestling happens to be. We could make the argument that there are enough women on the roster that they should have their own hour-long show. And so some would ask, okay, does that really elevate the women by them having their own show? Well, I think it's very possible. Obviously, there was their own pay-per-view, and I think it gives these women an opportunity to really showcase their craft. The truth of it is, WWE's rosters on both Raw and SmackDown are very large. And you have an incredible amount of talent there that are being underutilized. Think about this. Naomi hasn't had a match on SmackDown yet, and we'll get one this Friday, a match that we are looking forward to 
as she'll have a match there against the authority figure. And it's kind of like, wow, you know, and we don't know where that's going. But the point of it is there is a ton of talent on both the Raw and SmackDown rosters that we aren't seeing in the women's division. And something has to be done. And part of that is because they're all fighting for time with the men. Could it be advantageous for WWE to have its own women's show? Now, I also understand that's another hour of WWE content during the week. Do you have the bandwidth for it? After all, if you are watching all of WWE's weekly content, that means you're watching three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, and two hours of SmackDown, which equates to eight hours of pro wrestling content from WWE could be a lot to ask of a fan who at one point was only giving one hour on a Saturday and they maxed perhaps at two hours on a Monday Night Raw. So are we asking too much of fans? I don't know. But with that said, think about how large the rosters are on both of those shows and how few women's matches we're actually seeing and what the caliber and quality of those are. Matter of fact, go back to a couple of weeks ago in Madison Square Garden where a women's match was actually cut from the show because the show was running too long. Lots of questions to be asked about WWE's treatment of the women's roster, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know what you think about how WWE is handling their women's division all across the board. You can count NXT in there as well. When we come back, I want to talk to you about this coming Friday, which is shaping up to be a bigger battle than any of us considered. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor. And now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. 
so many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. All right, guys, so this Friday, there's an interesting programming note. When before we get to Friday, we have to talk about today. So today would normally be a night for AEW Dynamite airing live on TNT. However, TNT has managed to land a great contract for the NHL, and hockey is happening on Wednesday nights. That's a direct conflict, of course, to AEW Dynamite. So certainly this week, we'll be seeing AEW Dynamite happening on Saturday live from Miami. So there's not going to be any wrestling content tonight from AEW. So you kind of have a night off. But what is going to happen is this Friday, SmackDown is being moved to FS1 because there's a playoff game for Major League Baseball on Fox. With them going to FS1 and it being the final show before the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. So this Friday night, SmackDown has made an interesting decision as they are going to two and a half hours on FS1. Before I even talk about the other side of that, let's just say this. Whenever SmackDown is on FS1, the ratings are naturally lower because you've gotten people accustomed to tuning into Fox. There's usually not enough lead in to tell people that they're on FS1. And when they get on FS1, again, FS1 is not the most popular of the cable networks. So, yeah, couple that with... Tony Khan came out on Twitter and says, oh, so you're going to bleed over into 30 minutes on Rampage. We're going head to head. And boy, have they made a massive decision. Now, already Rampage was going to be live, which if you've been watching Rampage the last few weeks, you know it's been taped. But what they're deciding to do is certainly stack this card for a live one-hour episode of Rampage. So on there, we're going to see CM Punk taking on Matt Seidel. The Inner Circle will battle the Men of the Year, and Ruby Soho battles the Bunny. Here's the interesting, however, in comma, for the first time ever, they are doing a buy-in live on YouTube during the 9 o'clock hour. So they're going to take 9 o'clock YouTube AEW live to battle what's happening on FS1 on SmackDown. And here's what that looks like. Two newly signed prospects for AEW as Bobby Fish takes on Lee Moriarty. And then Brian Danielson takes on Minoru Suzuki. That's happening on AEW's YouTube page live. I mean, can you say we want the smoke? That is incredible stuff that we're going to see. And that's happening on the buy-in. I'm very intrigued to see how this head-to-head situation will work. Again, in trying to be fair... TNT is in more homes than FS1. I think that's well known. TNT is a more popular network than FS1. I don't think this is going to be much of a competition at all. But I do think that Tony Khan, I don't know what to say about this particular move. I mean, this is a scenario where you're creating a battle where there wasn't necessarily a battle. 
But I think we have to be honest and say Tony Khan wants AEW to go head-to-head with WWE. For all of this talk that both organizations have had where, where we're not paying attention to the other, those are lies because we've never had a buy-in for Rampage. There's never been a moment where AEW said, okay, we're going to go head-to-head with SmackDown, but they're doing it. So this is going to be interesting, and I want to know, are you going to watch SmackDown, which Brock Lesnar is scheduled to show up, or are you going to watch AEW's buy-in and Rampage? Ultimately, AEW is giving us two hours of programming, one hour on YouTube, the second on TNT. Will you be watching? I'm intrigued to find out, so hit us up on the socials and let us know. What you're going to be doing this Friday night, will it be Rampage, will it be SmackDown? That's what we want to know. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're connected to us on IWTV to check out Southern Honor Wrestling. The documentary is there, and SHW Still Here 3 will be there in the coming days. So by all means, go to independentwrestling.tv and check it out. And if you're just signing up, you use the promo code SHW and you'll get the first five days for free. You'll want to check out the content coming from Southern Honor Wrestling. All right, guys, I hope you have an amazing Wednesday. And until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, my name is is GB Gerard Bonner and this is the faction. I lead my 